Welcome to the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast, where high-achieving, goal-oriented rebel women come to learn how to live a vibrant and fulfilling life without requiring alcohol to get through it. No labels, no judgments, no saying you'll never drink again, just real proven methods to help you stop rebelling against yourself with alcohol so you can drink less and do more. I'm your host, Angela Masenik. Let's dig in. Welcome to episode 79, Processing Grief. Hello, y'all. How are ya? I'm doing a special podcast episode this week called Processing Grief. I actually wrote this podcast episode en route to see my grandmother. Her name was is Barbara Ann Baker, and she's my dad's mom. She's an amazing woman, and uh, we got some news um, just the other day that she is declining pretty quickly, and she's going to be going into hospice care. So um, upon learning this, I booked a flight and got myself up to Indiana. So I am recording this podcast in Indiana, actually at my aunt's house, and I wrote this episode while I was flying in the air. I hope you enjoy it. I'm en route to Indiana to see my grandmother, Grandma B. Baker. Her real name is Barbara Ann Baker. She's my dad's mom. She is an amazing woman. She has four kids, two girls and two boys, nine grandkids, and nine great-grandchildren. I was fortunate enough to grow up next to my grandparents and spent many weekend nights at their house, at both of my, both sets of my grandparents. The one I'm talking about today, Grandma B, <laughs> she made the best oatmeal. It was cooked down into these gooey clumps. It was almost like it was overcooked. And she would add butter and brown sugar, and the butter would melt all around these gooey clumps of oatmeal. And the brown sugar would sort of swirl in with it. Let me tell you guys, it was so good. As a little kid, like when I was between the ages of, I'm guessing, four to nine, it was just the most fun to spend the night at their house. She would always had, she always had the latest technology, <laughs> like way ahead of the times. She had a toaster that would pop up when the toast was done. And you guys, this was before this was popular. Like all toasters, I think, do that now. But her toaster, you would press the button and it would slowly go down. And then when it was done, it would just pop up. It was amazing. We watched the toast toast. It was so fun. <laughs> and she always had popsicles and pudding pops and cookies in the cookie jar and soda and microwave popcorn, just classic grandma snacks. And she would let us stay up late and watch TV, and she didn't care, um, you know, how late we stayed up or any of that. And we didn't care what was on TV. It could have been the news. And she always had the softest nightgowns and robes. And her house was so cozy and warm. She had house slippers, <laughs> and she would scuffle to and from the two main rooms of the house with her slippers and her house coat on. And she always had the most amazing bubble bath and bathroom products. Oil overlay skin care kept her skin so soft and smooth. And she was also a quilter, and I'm guessing she made hundreds of quilts over the years. Beautiful award-winning quilts. I have baby quilts that she made for all of my kids, a wedding quilt, heritage quilts, that everybody in my house and my family still enjoys. Whenever I visit my family, you can see evidence of her quilts in all of the homes. And she made matching clothes for my sister and I until we got too cool to be dressed in the same outfits. And she had a hot water tap next to her sink, and she would make instant coffee and add powdered creamer. <laughs> she always had the most amazing gadgets. 
When I got older and was in high school and college, I still enjoyed spending the night at her house. My grandpa was just as amazing as her. My memories of spending time there at their house are equal her and him. He was a master woodcarver in his retirement years and had a little wood shop off the garage. And we would go out there and tinker with him in the shop, carving little animals and shoes from blocks of wood. And they had this really cool speaker system in their house, <laughs> another gadget that I just thought was so cool as a kid. So my grandma could like beep him in the shop and tell him to come inside and eat dinner or somebody was calling on the phone or give him some command. <laughs> and they loved to travel to see their family and they would just do about anything for any one of their kids or grandkids. And I never doubted their love or their commitment to their family. They were just the best grandparents any kid could have. And my grandma B is the last surviving grandparent I have. And her passing is just gut-wrenchingly awful and painful. She's been sick for many years with Parkinson's, and she's been living in a nursing home, needing a lot of care. And we all wish that she didn't have to suffer so much. But honestly, I think she still wanted to live. She was a fighter her whole life. She did not put up with any shit. <laughs> she fought to have her freedom for as long as she possibly could. She didn't want help or to wait for someone to help her, so she was constantly <laughs> falling out of her wheelchair at the nursing home and banging herself up. And I know it sounds crazy that I'm laughing, but every time I heard of her doing this, I would just laugh. She could not be told to wait. And I just love her spirit and her drive, and she's just not waiting around for anybody to help her. And she worked in a bank while she raised her four kids. She wanted more for her life, and her and my grandpa set themselves up very well. When I got the call that she was in the hospital on Monday, I thought I had more time. And then Monday evening came and it was concluded that she didn't have long. And if I wanted to see her, I should get there fast. So I booked the first flight I could in the morning. I have wanted to do a podcast on grief and sorrow. And I've been noticing how I've been processing these feelings over the past 24 hours and thought there couldn't be a better time to share my memories of her while feeling tremendous grief and sadness and sharing my processing of these emotions with you. And my other grandmother passed away in January, and I was able to be with her as she passed. And that experience is one of the hardest things I have ever gone through in my life. It was gut-wrenching. But the process of it was also the most beautiful and most human things I have ever experienced. And my experience of that and how I processed that grief was really beautiful, and I hope to have a similar experience with my grandma B over the next coming days. Grief is an emotion that we usually feel when we experience a loss, death, sudden changes in employment status, losing a friend, something big. Grief for me feels intense. My stomach feels nauseous. My throat clamps up. My face and jaw tighten. My shoulders drop down. My, head my heart races. The feeling and vibration lives mostly in my center, like my solar plexus. It doesn't move much. It's round and bumpy, kind of like that clump of overcooked oatmeal. Allowing this vibration means that I notice it. I describe where I feel it in my body, and I breathe into all of the areas that I feel it in. I'm inhaling to expand and to allow space for it, and exhaling to cleanse and process. What is also so interesting about my grief is that it comes on and goes pretty quickly. I'll have a thought like, she's the best grandma, and I can't believe she's going. And just like in this moment, instantly it comes in and it occupies my body. My eyes swell and my tears show up. My throat clamps down and it comes on really quick. And just as quickly as it comes on, it will leave if I get distracted by something 
if I talk to a family member, I remember something funny, right? It will leave. And when I'm noticing the grief and breathing and allowing it and processing it, it's able to dis- like distribute and soften pretty instantly. I'm not in a rush to get rid of it. I know from experience what we resist persists. So I welcome it to be with me as long as it needs to be. I also know that nothing has gone wrong when I feel grief. My grandmother is dying. If I didn't feel grief, along with extreme sadness and loss and sorrow, to me, that would be something's wrong. That would be a warning sign to me that there was something wrong with me if I didn't feel this way. I want to feel grief when the grandmother I love so much is leaving. This human experience, I am going to miss her. Even though I don't see her very much now or talk to her often, just knowing that she was still here and I had this history of her in my childhood as a foundation in my life was very comforting to me. My grandmothers were living at the same nursing home in my hometown in Chesterton, Indiana. So I went, when I went home to be with my other grandma who died in January, I saw my grandma B. And I sat next to her and told her about Grandma O. And she just held my hand and, and my head and her shoulder. And she rubbed my neck and she just let me cry all over her. And she comforted me so much. And she couldn't really say anything. It was so special. And I knew that then, that that was the last time that she would be able to be a grandmother to me, to be that soft cuddle to me in that moment of me grieving my grandma. Oh, I was also grieving knowing that this was the last moment of this kind of moment of me in my life. And I'm so thankful for it, and I'll never forget it. I love you so much, Grandma B. The grief of losing my Grandma B is deep and very painful. It's an end to having grandparents for me. All of my grandparents were extremely special to me, and I had meaningful relationships with all of them. So not only am I grieving Grandma B right now, I'm grieving the end of a time in my life with having grandparents. It's deep, it's raw, and it's excruciating painful. But I'm open to all of it, every wave of it. And I know that if I were to try and to escape this pain, I would be missing out on processing and truly experiencing what being alive is like. And right now, in this moment, when I'm reading this to you, when I was writing this, I was thinking about her in the last 24 hours, I'm choosing to feel this way on purpose. And I'm so fucking thankful I don't drink anymore, you guys. I can't imagine numbing out from this now. It would make it so much worse. I know that if I were to drink at night to take the edge off of this or to escape, I would feel even worse in the morning. And then I'd carry the pain of being hungover and feeling shame and regret for how much I drank along with me and the grief. Hell no to that. (laughs) I am so glad I am open to feeling and processing my feelings. And I have time under my skin and experience doing that instead of drinking so that when something as heavy and as deep as this happens, I know what to do. And my mind doesn't go to thinking that alcohol is a solution ever. Not once. It's just not on the table. And I am so thankful for that. 
What so many of you guys are scared of is getting in that grief and sorrow and not being able to get out of it. So many of you think that there was a time to drink. It would be an occasion like this. And I want to challenge you to think about this differently. Grief needs to be processed, not numbed, avoided, or stuffed down. Grief is like a dark shadow waiting for you behind the door. It's there waiting. You might as well let it in so it can be processed and listened to. If you shut that door with alcohol or food, it will just come banging louder and louder and you'll carry it with you longer. When I processed my grief and sorrow when my grandma O died in January, it was almost as intense as this. And I was with her in the hospital along with her three daughters, one being my mom. And we waited and held her until she took her last breath. Every breath for 20 minutes we thought was the last one. And then she'd have another one and her heart would still beat. And those were the most excruciating 20 minutes of my fragile human life at that time. I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it. I almost got sick. But I allowed it to all come and move through me. I told myself to open up to it, that I wanted to feel it. It was like a slow-moving roller coaster. I didn't know what would be on the other turn or how fast we would go or what it would look like. But what I learned about grief then, that it doesn't stay very long if you allow it. I allowed all of it in those moments, and now I don't experience grief when I think about my grandma O not being with us anymore. I get sad, but the heavy grief and the deep sorrow is gone. When we experience grief, it's a sign that we truly loved and cared. And when we have grief, it means that we are human and we are living, living in this amazing human experience. I am lucky to have experienced unconditional love from my grandmother and, how, and now experiencing the grief that comes from the loss of a beautiful human being that I loved is all so much a part of being a human and being alive. The true human experience is one that should be felt and experienced, not numbed from. The pain of grief is not something I look forward to feeling, but it's not something I'm scared of either. To me, it's evidence of love and life and memories. And if grief is a byproduct of that, I am all in. When you choose to allow the pain of grief and to be with it for as long as it needs to be there, it is less awful, I promise. You won't get swallowed up by it or never get out of it. It will pass through you if you allow it. If you don't allow it, you block that movement and it builds and turns into other problems like shame or regret or guilt. And then you try to avoid all that by being unwilling to process it. Okay? You can make it less painful on all accounts by being open to it and fully processing and being with it. So my beautiful, amazing truly lovely friends the next time grief comes knocking at your door do yourself a favor and get in with it take a deep breath allow some space for it to be and process that feeling don't run away with it drink from it eat from it over scroll of it or say you hate it or say you don't want to feel it love it because it is you it is a part of being a human and it's just as deserving of your time and space and energy as love because after all, you wouldn't be feeling the grief if you didn't before feel love. All my love to each and every one of you. Didn't we